It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing all right today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-263-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of St. Simons, we're back. That's right, we're going to be doing the Billy C. After Holiday Holiday Party. It's going to be taking place at the Sea Palms Resort and, of course, Sal's restaurant uh on friday night january 19th now this is going to be another billy c get together where we will be showing you not one not two not three but four classic fights uh on the big screen so that you can check it out and you will be part of our live audience for the next four episodes of our new program billy c's boxing revisited so uh check it out if you need any additional information uh just drop me an email billy at talking boxing that's t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g.com or just make your plans right now uh at the sea palms just uh, give the sea palms a call all the information about the sea palms resort can be found on their website cpoms.com and finally today's show is being brought to us in part by my book tom molino from bondage to baddest man on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold you can get a copy while you're watching or listening to this show just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com listen if you're thinking about giving this book as christmas gifts you still got time you still got time boys and girls all you got to do is drop me an email billy at talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And I'll make sure you get it by the time the fat guy in a red suit comes crawling down your chimney. That's right. But you got to act fast. You got to have that order placed no later than tomorrow. Uh, That would be Tuesday, December 19th. Uh, So if you still want it, it fits right in the stocking. And I strongly suggest you get 5, 10, maybe even 20 copies for the holidays. Phew. Man, I was ready to ready to uh, pop a gasket there. Um, okay, this is our final three shows of 2017. That's right, three shows. Well, we're going to do one today, one tomorrow, one on Wednesday. And then we'll be back on Tuesday, January 2nd. Uh, so uh, as you uh, know, we are going to be doing 
some uh, all the 2017 uh, top fights of the year. Uh, but first, let's get started with the big fight that took place on Saturday. Billy Joe Saunders took care of David Lemieux very easily, I might add. I got news for you. I loved it. I'm a big David Lemieux fan, no doubt about that. But David Lemieux was beat. I mean, ah, the guy was beat from the opening bell till the final bell. Um, you know, David Lemieux, after the fight, says, I wasn't at my best. As of the second round, I couldn't use my left hand the way I wanted to. He was on the run, and I had difficulty throwing my shots. I guess his strategy was to, uh, to win is to run away from fighters instead of fighting. If that's the way you want to win, then, hey, congratulations. No. No, David Lemieux. No. The way it is, is that's called boxing. If you are a fighter that does not run and wants your opponent to stand in front of you, then cut the friggin' ring off. Then go at him. Then prevent him from doing what you got to do. No, I wasn't at my best tonight. You weren't at your best. You were in the biggest fight of your career. What do you mean you're not at your best? Listen, that's a sad, sad, disgusting excuse because that's exactly what it was, an excuse by David Lemieux. You don't go into that fight in front of your hometown, the biggest fight arguably of your career, and then lay an egg like David Lemieux did. I'm sorry, you don't do it. Billy Joe Saunders looked fantastic. Not only was he boxing on his feet, sticking him with a solid jab. This was a solid jab. This was no little tit, 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 pat, pat, pat jab. It was a solid jab that kept David Lemieux at bay. And oh, by the way, in case David Lemieux didn't want to admit it, Billy Joe Saunders was landing some hard shots as well. Great performance by uh, Billy Joe Saunders. My respect level for him shot way up. And I got news for you. A fight between Billy Joe Saunders and Daniel Jacobs might very well be the top two middleweights in the world today. Forget about Triple G and Canelo. Honestly, those two look like the most well-rounded fighters as of today. Joining me right now from St. Simons Island in Georgia is my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. Your thoughts on your boy, <laughs> David Lemieux. Uh, wow. You know, I, uh, Bill, you said it. You said it all across the board. And I love David Lemieux. And I thought big things. And I was looking for the moment that he would say, hey, I'm here. I arrived. I got my, my, my power and I'm going to knock you out. David Lemieux looked ordinary at best. I mean, uh, this was such – Billy Joe Saunders did such a brilliant job of boxing, outboxing David Lemieux that David Lemieux looked average. He looked ordinary. He couldn't even fight a southpaw. He couldn't take that front lead foot and keep it to the outside of of Lemieux of uh, of uh, uh, Saunders' right foot. He couldn't cut the ring off on him. I mean, this is rudimentary. This is what you're supposed to learn by the time you you get to the level where he is. And he looked like he was lost. And you know who looked like he was having fun? Billy Joe Saunders, along with his son. I, I tell you what, uh, my respect for Billy Joe Saunders skyrocketed. And, uh, you know, I always thought also that Dave Lemieux was a huge middleweight. But Billy Joe Saunders looked gigantic. I mean, he's got, it's hard to believe he was 160 pounds of flesh. Sure, by the time they fought, it's probably 180. But uh, the bottom line is uh, Billy Joe Saunders handled with the ease, grace, and style of outboxing David Lemieux and never letting David Lemieux get out of the gate. 
He he uh, hit him at will. His jab was like a trip hammer. Surprised David Lemieux. He even got caught with right hooks. He got caught with uppercuts, lead uppercuts. He got caught everything. And there is no excuse. You're in your hometown in a fight that you've had many, many weeks to prepare for. And you have everything going your way. And what happened? A thief in the night came into your backyard and stole your heart and stole your, your thunder. And my hat's off to Billy Joe Saunders. And I'll tell you what. You, uh, there, there are very few middleweights that I think could stack up against him the way he displayed what he could do last night, the other night. I tell you, um, you know, his movement. I mean, the only guy that I think could could neutralize his movement uh, is Triple G. But, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that Triple G, uh, you know, he's no spring chicken anymore. I think it's uh, he's shown us that he has uh, slowed down a bit and, um, you know, is hesitant to go right in there. Um, uh, you know, uh, David Lemieux. Um, I, I still believe he has more punching power than Billy Joe Saunders, but yes. he certainly didn't display it on Saturday night. And uh, as far as the size you, you, you allude to, I can't agree with you more. He looked huge in there. I mean, I was, I, you know, I was looking at, uh, you know, specifically I was, I was studying their bodies uh, because I wanted to really see the size. And, you know, from, from his feet up, the guy was proportionate. I'm talking about Billy yes, Joe Saunders. His, yeah. his legs were, were tree trunk legs. He moved. He was in great shape. He wasn't huffing and puffing at all. He was uh, as uh, you know accurate and as busy in the first round as he was um, you know in the final round. Uh, you know, as far as uh, uh, David Lemieux, you know, I'm not going to say he looked pudgy. He looked the same yeah. as he did when he fought um, in his last fight. Uh, Curtis Stevens, you know, so I, I don't know. I, you know, you can't make excuses. And David Lemieux arguably was in the biggest fight of his career to get him yes. back in the mix. And, you know, I think it showed us something about David Lemieux. David Lemieux said himself that he wanted to prove that he was able to to fight and beat those A-level guys because in his career, the only guys that he hasn't beaten uh, are, are the A-level guys. And um, and and quite honestly, he uh, two of his losses were against guys that were nowhere near a level. But uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is you can't lay an egg like that and, and then keep getting chances. I, as far as I see, I know Billy Joe Saunders uh, at the end of the fight says, "I I know the fans are booing me because I whipped their fighter's ass. I wouldn't have come over here, meaning Canada, if I thought I'd get beat. I'm a different animal now. I wanted to put on." I wanted to put it on Lemieux, and now he says, Canelo, fight me now, which makes me a little nervous. It was a Golden Boy promotion, and you'd have to wonder if uh, if Canelo would say to himself, well, man, maybe I'll fight Billy Joe Saunders now uh, and, and then avoid Triple G, put that fight off a little more. I, I say, I hope he doesn't do that, Sal. I, you know, I would rather see Billy Joe Saunders against Daniel Jacobs because I believe that you can make a strong case that Billy Joe Saunders and Daniel Jacobs are the top two middleweights in the world today, Sal. I mean, as far as being well-rounded, they both have pop. They both can move. They're both in good shape. You know, I, I mean, what do you think? 
you know, Bill, I will tell you, I almost called you Billy Joe. <laughs> hey, Billy C. Uh, I was looking at Billy Joe Saunders the other night, and I was also saying to myself as he was displaying his, his skill, I said, how would this fight have gone if it was Canelo Alvarez in a ring? How would this fight have gone if it was Triple G in a ring? And that's when I said to myself that this guy's not only – uh, proportionate and his skill set he's got a little pop in his punch he's out boxing he 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 knows where his body is um he's fighting his fight and no one's going to sway him differently at that point the other night at least and i think he would fare very very well against every level of middleweight contenders that are out there or champions whether it be Triple G or Canelo Alvarez and i think i'm going to have to agree with you i think Daniel Jacobs is going to be a prime, almost manual image of his own uh, style. That they could play a little chess game and they could get in, get out, and box. And I think it would be a great display and a great fight. And I don't think, I don't think Canelo Alvarez really, really wants to try uh, try a fight with uh, with uh, Billy Joe Saunders right now. Uh, anyway, and I will tell you that. Not that he doesn't think he could beat him, but I will tell you this. I think he already knows what he has to and what could he, he can expect to see out of Triple G. And uh, Billy Joe Saunders uh, will no longer be an enigma uh, in the middleweight division. He is here. He is known. And what he did, as we said the other day, just coming over here and getting the exposure that he's going to do if he looks good will help his stock. Well, guess what? He didn't just look good. This guy looked like a world beater that could take on quite a few of the top middleweights in any division, or, uh, any any of the uh, sanctioning bodies, and give them a, a nice little uh, time and lesson in the ring. Well, you know, when it comes to boxing, what makes a fighter better than his opponent is if he's able to force his opponent to do what he wants to do, not follow him around. And Bingo. David Lemieux could say all he wants, oh, he didn't stand and fight. You you can't expect the fighter, and, and don't get me wrong, no one enjoys a toe-to-toe -to -toe fight more than myself. But you got to force it. You know, that's why I've always said that I thought Triple G uh, is the best ring general in boxing for the last 25 years. No one controls the ring like Triple G. He forces fighters to do what they don't want to do. They, he forces fighters to do what he wants them to do. Well, guess what? Billy Joe Saunders did just that on Saturday night against uh, David Lemieux. I, I was very disappointed in David Lemieux. And something that has uh, kind of followed Lemieux throughout his career, Sal, is just that. Sometimes we get a version of David Lemieux that looks great, and sometimes we get a version of David Lemieux that looks very ordinary or even below ordinary. And, you know, not to discredit Billy Joe Saunders at all, because I'm not, but David Lemieux did not look anything special on Saturday, and I think that that has to be contributed to Billy Joe Saunders uh, controlling the action. I was pleasantly surprised and, uh, you know, I was saying on the show Thursday and Friday about how I felt, or actually Wednesday and Thursday, how I thought that Billy Joe Saunders, uh, you know, had much better, a much better rise in terms of his opponents 
learning the basics and, and, you know, fighting tougher opposition, I still went with David Lemieux because I thought his punching power would neutralize the experience and boxing ability of Billy Joe Saunders, which I clearly felt he had. But unfortunately for David Lemieux, he never put himself in a position to unleash his punching power. Not once did I see him get uh, Billy Joe Saunders in any kind of a trouble. Not once did I see him, you know, alter the movement of Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders controlled the action from the opening bell till the final uh, bell of that fight. And and to be honest with you, he was in great condition. And and David Lemieux was not even listening to his corner. His corner kept telling him, go to the body, go to the body, and he didn't. He was like he was headhunting. You know, I, I don't know what was going on, but there were some excuses made afterwards, and I'm not sure where David Lemieux goes from here. What do you think? I think, you know... I expected we would be talking with all the accolades about David Lemieux this morning, and uh, and that's not happening. And as you said, David Lemieux looked ordinary at best, and he had 36 minutes to land one of his haymakers, to neutralize, to equalize that fight and turn it around. And he could not even do it. And maybe he hit him with one or two shots, not full flush, and uh, didn't even uh, get on track. Because Billy Joe Saunders was brilliant in fighting Billy Joe Saunders' fight, not any fight that David Lemieux was going to fight. Um, I, I'll tell you, I can't say enough. I uh, I was disappointed in David Lemieux. I expected a lot more from David Lemieux. And like I said, when you're at that level, you know how to fight southpaws. You know how to cut the ring off. David Lemieux didn't display any of that. And uh, for 36 minutes, he got tattooed. He got embarrassed. And Billy Joe Saunders, I'll tell you, his stock went way up. He's one of the world's best middleweight out middleweights out there today, and uh, I, I can see him in a ring with anybody. Um, also, just to get everybody caught up, uh, Billy Joe Saunders he improved to twenty six and zero with twelve knockouts uh, in his uh, fight with David Lemieux. Uh, Lemieux dropped to thirty eight and four with thirty three knockouts. In my opinion, it was one sided fight. One of the judges had it one twenty one oh eight. And then the other two judges gave some courtesy rounds to uh, David Lemieux, which uh, maybe you give him one. I, I don't even know if he, I, I couldn't. I couldn't give him any, you know. But uh, one judge had it 117-111. One had it 118-110. Um, I gave you their quotes uh, afterwards. Another fight that I was interested in uh, watching was uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan. He scored uh, a knockout. Ooh, uh, over uh, Antoine Douglas to improve to 27 and two with 19 knockouts. Uh, Antoine Douglas drops to 22, two and one. Um, what the thing about this fight? First of all, I enjoyed watching it, and I, again, I thought that uh, Spike O'Sullivan came with the right game plan. But what bothered me about this fight was the commentating. And as a matter of yes. fact, the commentating was terrible. HBO is dropping deeper and deeper into the abyss as far as commentating goes. Um, but between Roy Jones Jr., I mean, blatantly being biased and, and wanting Antoine Douglas to win, and he was saying, oh, well, he shouldn't be taking this punishment. I, you know, I, 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 he shouldn't be doing that. He should be moving. He should be doing this. He should stop trying to show he's tough. He's this, he's that. Why not give Gary Spike O'Sullivan some credit for neutralizing uh, Antoine Douglas? I mean, to me, you, you know, you can't always look at the one guy and say he's not doing what he's supposed to do. 
at some point in time during a fight, you have to turn around and look at the other guy and say, hey, maybe he's preventing your guy from doing what he wants to do. And I think that that's what happened. Did Antoine, Antoine Douglas take too much punishment, as Roy Jones suggested? Yes, he should have been boxing more. But you know what? It was something about Gary Spike O'Sullivan that prevented Antoine Douglas from doing that. Maybe it was the handlebar mustache. I don't know. What do you think, Sal? Well, you know why? Where's that handlebar mustache? You know why? Why? He believes there's a direct lineage between him and uh, John L. Sullivan. I mean, he believes that, that there is a direct bloodline. That, uh, that that handlebar mustache is just not by accident. But, but, but Sal... John L. Sullivan's last name is Sullivan. Gary Spike O'Sullivan is O'Sullivan. Well, that's because when he was born, he said, Oh, Sullivan! Oh, oh I see. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Senecola. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right, I see. Nonetheless, I... I, I, I hey, listen, I just was told that. I was, I, I'm just relaying what, what was told, what I heard on the public airways. That's why he does. He thinks there's still O'Sullivan... Oh, versus Sullivan in his bloodline. So he's pedigree, he thinks. So. You know how the Irish are. The, the, the Catholic yeah. Irish women have 157 it, kids, and they're all named Sullivan. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway. Also. On oh, that, Sullivan. Oh, another Sullivan. And, and, hey, oh, another one. <laughs> um, also on that uh, HBO broadcast, uh, Uves Ulysses Jr. Um, totally made uh, – uh, Cletus ha Selden look, oh, uh, look, boy. I mean, look like a, a joke, really. You know, I mean, oh. I, and and Selden, you know, we were all getting a little uh, antsy for Selden because he looked so good in his last fight. But man, did he show that he virtually has no, you know, I can't stand the way he drags that right foot. Uh, and and I thought he had sort of a solid chin. You see, this is what happens, boys and girls, when a guy like Joe DeGuardia and Starboxing overprotect you so much that you learn Ugats. You know what Ugats means? Nothing. And that's exactly what happened with Selden. Selden was just as pissed saying, oh, he ran for me all night. No, you got to know how to make a fighter do what you want to do. Don't tell me he ran all night. You know, and I got news for you. Ulysses was hurting uh, um, Selden. I mean, he dropped them how many times? Drop he dropped them twice, once. Uh, yeah. The first three rounds, he hit the deck at least once in each of the three. Definitely yeah. hit the deck once in each of the three. Uh, the uh, judges scored at 99-88. One thing I thought was kind of interesting, uh, in the corner of uh, Ulysses uh, Jr., his corner saying the crowd's not getting the crowd's getting unhappy. Uh, you know, put your foot on the gas. I'm saying to myself, why would you tell? Why would you tell your fighter this when when he when he's you know he, he's dominating this guy? The only thing, the only chance, Sal, that Selden had to win this fight was to land a lucky shot. And his corner saying, "Hey, the crowd's getting a little restless. Maybe you should put your foot on the gas a little bit." I say, screw the crowd. Win the fight. He was dominating the fight. It was an entertaining fight. He was landing. He was. He almost. I almost was thinking of of, uh, uh, of your famous line. He landed lefts and lefts and lefts. He landed so many lefts he wasn't right. You know, and that's exactly what was happening. Uh, what was your thoughts in the instruction from the corner? Well, no, the instruction from the corner was was totally. I I I didn't think it was called for. I mean, you know, it was an entertaining fight, and the fans. The only reason why. They were getting upset is because the majority or a great portion of those fans 
where Selden came out to see their man win, and their man was not even going to get out of the first gear. Uh, he tried. He maybe even caught him one or two shots, but uh, nothing that was ever going to turn that fight around. And uh, let me tell you something. It was uh, it was a rough, long night for Selden. And um, I uh, I give Ulysses much credit. He outboxed him brilliantly and uh, never really got in harm's way. So, you know what? Whatever he did, he didn't have to listen to his corner, put himself out there to do and end it. And uh, he uh, he fought he fought his fight. That's what we saw the other night was people fighting their fights Hold because that. their opposition couldn't Hold. do anything else to persuade them differently. Hold that thought, Sal. We got to take a break. When I come back, uh, I want to add one more thing about uh, the Hebrew Hammer. I'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us. And don't forget to be with us at our Billy C. Holiday Party After the Holidays. Yeah, it's our After the Holiday Holiday Party down at the beautiful Sea Palms Resort in St. Simons. It's Friday, January 19th, and uh, we're going to be hanging, uh, watching some Revisited. Uh, Sal and I are going to broadcast uh, four uh, classic fights for you to hang out. There'll be uh, food for you and a cash bar. And speaking of food, we can all migrate over to Sal's restaurant uh, either the day before or the day after, whatever you want. Uh, but uh, make sure you become part of that. You missed it last time. Don't miss it this time. You will love it. And by the way, if you're in the Northeast, who the hell doesn't want to go down to beautiful St. Simons uh, in the middle of January? What a, what a great time. Bring the family. There's pools. There's golf to be had. Everything. Uh, so uh, make sure you check it out. You can just visit cpalms.com and uh, make your reservations now. Or just drop me an email and I'll hook you up. Billy at Talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g.com i'm here with sal rocky Senacola, and sal uh one thing i wanted to add about the uh hebrew hammer that got you know hammered um, oh he did the truth of the matter is his corner told him nothing what a what a bunch of you know and and pete brodsky John Bonies, they, they, you know they were pete, pete brodsky's been in this business a long time and this guy told him absolutely nothing you know there's nothing more nerve-wracking than, go, than watching a fight and having a fighter go to his corner and have his corner tell him nothing. It's almost as, it's equally as frustrating as when a corner tells the fighter to do something and the fighter doesn't listen, like David Lemieux. But no, absolutely zero instruction from Pete Brodsky in the corner of uh, Kurt Clellis, uh the Hebrew Hammer, Please, Selden. Yeah. If, if, they should, if they felt that this guy had no chance after the first couple of rounds, stop the fight. Why keep him in there and, and take the shellacking that he did? Because he did. He took some heavy shots, and he also showed that his chin is not that great either. What do you think? 
Well, I think, you know, he he showed he had heart. I mean, he, he kept trying, but uh, he just didn't have the school, skill level, the, the tools. I mean, he should have been doing working his way in there. He lunged. He tried to land a haymaker. And, uh, you know, he didn't – it's the same thing. He couldn't cut the ring off. He couldn't get the guy back on the ropes or in the corner. He, he couldn't wait his – he couldn't bob and move his way in, attack the body and – you know, you have to have certain styles, certain certain game plan when you fight a style like that. And to slow him down, to cut the ring off on him, to bang him in the body, to slip the punches, to work your way in, to uh, get in at the, the range enough to, to, to get explosives, get in, get out, do a combination, get out, do what you got to do. It, it's hard. And the bottom line is I didn't see any instructions to that level or that he had any of that in his repertoire. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, listen, I'm not a trainer, and I've never, I've always, you know, said that, so I'm not going to pretend I'm a trainer, but I would think, Sal, that if you're working with a fighter, and you know damn well his, his skill set is limited, and let's be real, you know, Selden's skill set is limited, he started late uh, in boxing. You don't have to, uh, you know, be an expert in the sport to see that 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 dragging of the right leg. I mean, his uh, he's got good balance, I, I would think, but you can't deliver your punches like that, and and you certainly no. can't move fleet of foot when you're dragging that leg like it's like it's a dead leg on you, you know. And, and you know, you know your fighter's gonna get tattooed. You see a guy that you know his athletic ability and his boxing ability and his punching power is all equal to your fighter. You got to start focusing on him to do what he does, and that's to muscle him. He, you know, he needed to cut the ring off. He needed to go in there with reckless abandon. You know, he needed to do something. The only time that um, you know uh, Selden had a shot is when the corner of Ulysses Jr. told him to step it up and and excite the fans. That was his only time. Other than that. He looked completely like a fish out of water. I, I'm sorry. That was that was a pathetic performance, uh, not only by the fighter but Pete Brodsky. I, if I'm Selden, and here's the here's the thing, everything that Brodsky told Selden, he did. You know, I mean, I wish I had a fighter like like uh, Selden in in my corner that listens to everything you say, but tell the guy something, you know, constructive. Tell him something that's going to work. You know, he was telling, yo, give two jabs and then a right hand, right cross, you know, and then that's what he did, you know. But, I mean, come on, you know, get a little more fundamental than that. I, am I being too hard on this guy or what, Sal? No, no, and, and let me tell you something. Uh, what I find uh, most disturbing at some, some on some terms and levels, the art of boxing or the art of fainting. And, you know, it would have been a perfect instruction to, for, for, uh, for his corner to say, hey, look, you're getting tattooed. you got to move your head a little bit, keep your hands up, and you got to throw a fake. Throw a fake jab to his head, work a double, double pump it, and, and then bang him to the body. Go downstairs and bang him to the body and, and get relentless and just wade through it. you got to get into range to fight this guy and to hit this guy. So you know what? You faint to the head. You go bang, bang to the body and work your way up. That's it. The art of body boxing, the body punching is seldom used today and when it is used you know you know the most annoying thing is though that your opponent is coming right after your body because it's a bigger target and guess what ladies and gentlemen when you get hit in the body there's things that happen if not right then and there in the rounds to follow they will slow you down so you know what david lemieux 
abandoned in a body attack, and so did Selden abandon a body attack. He he he, he couldn't do anything. And if he threw a couple feints to the head and then went under and banged to the body, who knows what could have happened to slow him down, to bring his arms down, to do something. That's all. Then he even told. First of all, the 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 thing of the difference is that Lemieux's team was telling him to work the body, and yeah. he wasn't. No. Brodsky and and uh, Selden's team, you know, Selden's team, including Pete Brodsky, were not telling him to do that. And and really, you know, if my fighter's so limited, and I see he's in there with a guy that's tattooing him, you know, I I, I tell him. And, and and the funny thing is, is he told him not to do his defensive where he's got the cross arm bar you know he said don't do that come in with your hands up you know i'm i'm telling him to come in if and again i'm not a trainer but to, in order to bully him and try and work the body you come in with your head down you you're protecting your chin bully him into the corner and then and unleash an attack. Don't even look at his head. Look at look at his waist. His, you know his that. midsection, and and just put a bullseye on it, imaginary bullseye, and just work it. You know, and, and slow him down. Then you can go up to the top of the head. I, I mean, if he had any chance at all, he, he it had to start with instruction from the corner. And if I'm, uh, uh, you know, if, if I'm Selden. I, I got to consider getting rid of the, the uh, Pete Brodsky. Pete Brodsky was absolutely horrific in that corner. I'm sorry. I'm a Long Island guy. I love Long Island fighters, but please, uh, that was terrible. But uh, anyway, um, Jesse Vargas uh, was a uh, two-division world champion. As a matter of fact, he was a WBO uh, world welterweight champion. And uh, over 13 months ago, he lost that title to Manny Pacquiao. Now, we all know that since then, Manny Pacquiao lost it to Jeff Horn. Uh, but Jesse Vargas finally got back into the ring and uh, won a unanimous decision over Aaron Herrera uh, to improve to 28-2 and two with 10 knockouts. The way the judges scored it was 100-89 uh, to 89 on all three uh, cards. Uh, Herrera drops to 33-8 and won with 22 knockouts. Um, in the welterweight division, Jamal James improved to 22 and one with 10 knockouts when he third scored a third round knockout over uh, Diego Chavez, who drops to 26 and three uh, with a uh, draw. This is a huge win for Jamal James. Diego Chavez is no slouch of a fighter. Please don't look at 26, three and one as a record and think that he's uh, a bum. Because if you look at the uh, losses and the draw, look who they were against. Uh, that was a big win for Jamal James. Two minutes and 12 seconds was the uh, official time. And uh, always action, uh, John Molina Jr. improved to 30 wins and seven losses when a, with 24 knockouts when he picked up his 24th knockout uh, with a fourth-round stoppage over Ivan, Ivan Reddick, who I thought was overrated anyway. He drops to 24-1, and one, 20 wins, four losses, and one uh, draw. So uh, uh, if you haven't given me your... 2017 fights of the year candidates yet i asked you guys to uh give you whether one or five or up to ten of 2017's fight of the year this one might have squeaked on at the end uh very good fight one last fight i wanted to mention real quickly uh alexander pivetkin he uh took care of business uh on uh on saturday in russia 
Uh, he won a 12-round unanimous decision over Christian Hammer to improve to 33-1 and with 23 knockouts. Hammer drops to 22-5, and 120, 120-107, 120-108, 118-108. This doesn't surprise me. Povetkin always wins in Russia. But what bothered me is that his promoter, Andre Rabininsky, after the fight, said that he got a confirmation uh, from the WBA that Anthony Joshua must fight uh, Alexander Povetkin at this point. Um, what bothers me about that, Sal, is this is where the problems lie with unifying titles. When you have a belt like the WBA or any other belt and you know, you get some stupid fight. And that was a stupid fight. I mean, Christian Hammer was, he's long been, in my opinion, not even a, a, a real contender. I know everybody's a contender now with the, with the division of the uh, uh, sanctioning bodies. But now all of a sudden, the WBA is going to put pressure on Anthony Joshua to fight him. So if Anthony Joshua gets the Joseph Parker fight next, that means Deontay Wilder against uh, uh, Anthony Joshua could be put off and Joshua could fight Povetkin. What's your quick thoughts? Because I'm over my time anyway. You know what? Hold your thoughts, Sal, because I want you to. I want you to give me a, a real thought on that. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, before I went to break, uh, I I know you're still laughing over that. I'm still uh, laughing over that commercial. commercial. I mean, you know why? Because I, I, I visualized the event happening. That's what's so funny. <laughs> I can see you getting ready to go in the ring against Mike Tyson. And then all of a sudden he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hey, you know what? Hey, take my mustache, Jeremy. You, you put that on. You go in the ring. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I, 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 I can visualize Are you done? It's a comical are you, statement. Are, I like are, it. Are you done? I'm done. All I'm right. sorry. Let me so, not take up the air time. So I just had to explain why I was smiling and laughing. What do you? Uh, so what do you think about? I mean, isn't that <laughs> isn't that the problem that we have in the sport of boxing? Where, you know, here we are, and, and we seem to be putting our ducks in a row with uh, with unification fights, especially in the heavyweight division. And then all of a sudden, you get a Povetkin uh, versus Christian Hammer fight. Now the WBA making statements like, "Well, that's that's uh, Anthony Joshua's mandatory now." You know, this is the same group that wants, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, um, uh, the, the the Puerto Rican fighter that hasn't fought in three years to fight for a, a belt, Fred Quendo to fight for a belt. You know, I mean, it's a joke. You know, uh, you know, and and then what they do, Sal, is they strip them, and then that's how yeah. that's how it gets all fragmented again. You know, and then the, to get these other heavyweights to fight each other, we all know how difficult that is. Any weight class, for that matter, we all know how difficult that is. I mean, what's your thoughts? 
Well, it, it's it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's the powers that may be. They clearly uh, use their leverage, uh, force, uh, uh, threats to, to say, hey, we're going to strip you of this. You got to do that. And, you know, other than just giving the fans what they're looking for, we want to see Anthony Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder get in the ring. And that should be – they're both warranted. They're both uh, champions, and they're both capable of putting on a great show. And it's going to be a fight that should should happen sooner before later. And uh, why take a chance and why give a, a song and dance and, and sidestep to give the fans anything less? These guys, they should, they're should they the two top names in the heavyweight division. I'm not saying they're the best or whatever, but they, they clearly are the two top names. Why not put them in a ring and let's get this? Let's get this. Uh, who, who was the referee that you say? Let's get on. That Mil- was uh, Mills Lane. Was, uh, Mills, Mills Lane. Lane, of course. Let's get it on. Let's get these two guys in a ring and stop putting the uh, the the horse uh, ahead of the cart. Well, this is the problem. No, with the, the cart ahead of the horse. This is the problem <laughs> with the sport, and this is why so many people lose interest. Because well, you know we're, we've we've become a, a right now society. We want everything right now. You know we want we want the best teams to play each other. We want the best fighters to fight each other. We want it now. We'll pay for it, but we want it now. And you know uh, they drag it out, and and they're losing fans. They're losing fans. Uh, speaking of dragging stuff out, how about the uh, McGregor Mayweather numbers? They were finally released. They had said it was the biggest uh, pay per view of all time. No. Uh, second biggest. The uh, biggest was uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao against Mayweather, uh, but 4.3 million pay-per-view buys uh, were officially released uh, over the weekend uh, for Mayweather McGregor. Uh, we all knew that uh, uh, they did very well, but the, the top one is 4.6. That's Pacquiao against Mayweather. And then number three uh, was uh, De La Hoya Mayweather, which took place back in uh, 2007. It was also officially announced that uh, Mikey Garcia will uh, challenge to win a uh, fourth title in four different in a fourth different weight class, I should say, uh, when he's uh, uh, going to be fighting uh, Sergi Lipinitz on uh, February 10th. Um, we'll see what happens uh, with that one. I, I don't anticipate Mikey having much trouble there. Uh, we got some emails to read, obviously about the Billy Joe Saunders and. Uh, uh, David Lemieux fight, so we'll get into that right after I get you all caught up on the sports scores. Saturday in the NFL, the Lions beat the Bears 20-10. to The Chiefs beat the Chargers 30-13. to Could the Chiefs be back on track? They looked uh, pretty unbeatable in the first half of the year, but then looked very beatable. Uh, even, even the hapless Jets beat them, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, the Bills beat the Dolphins 24-16. The Ravens over the Browns 27-10. Did the Jets beat the Chiefs? I think they did. Uh, the Vikings beat the Bengals 34-7. The Saints beat the Jets 31-19. Eagles over the Giants 34-29. Giants were in, uh, uh, in the driver's seat for most of this they game. They were in the driver's seat. Uh, yes, they were. Yeah. Right, right up bo- until the end. Bo- yeah. Both uh, Jets and Giants, uh, they're looking uh, forward to what they're going to be doing in the sum over the winter. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. But the Redskins beat the Cardinals 20-15. They should come to our event. Uh, the Panthers beat the Packers 31-24. Aaron Rodgers comes back from injury and tosses a touchdown like he's never never been gone. Unfortunately, the rest of the team isn't that strong, and the Panthers are. But, man, 
as time goes on, Cam Newton, I, I used to be such a big fan. I can't stand this guy. Can't stand him. What a bad representative of, of the NFL, Cam Newton. Uh, but uh, anyway, Jaguars over the Texans, 45-7. to The Rams, they're for real, 42-7 to over the Seahawks. The Patriots and the Steelers, what a game that was. 27-24, the Patriots win. Uh, now they're, the NFL is rethinking their own rule, uh, which prevented uh, the Steelers from getting a game-winning touchdown. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it looks like the uh, Patriots um, now um, will have home field advantage um, unless it boils down to another game. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. 49ers, ever since they signed Garoppolo, They've won with him starting as quarterback, 25-23 over the Titans, who are a playoff-bound team. Uh, so congratulations wow. to the Niners. And the Cowboys squeaked by the Raiders to keep their playoff hopes alive, 20-17. to The Raiders, their playoff hopes have been dashed with that loss and the victory uh, with the Chiefs on Saturday. In the NBA, the Raptors beat the Kings 108-93. The Pistons over the Magic 114-110. The Pacers over my Nets 109-97. And the Cavaliers beat the Wizards 106-99. In the NHL, I finally I get to say uh, when the Jets won, but it's too bad it's a different team. The Jets shut out the Blues 4-0. The Blackhawks over the Wild 4-1. The Golden Knights of Las Vegas beat the Panthers 5-2. And Sal, the Flames... Oh, those flames, they beat the tushy off of the Canucks 6-1. Congratulations to the flames. We have some emails to read. And uh, the first one is uh, from my man Jeff. He says, hey, Billy C., I really did feel from watching previous fights that Saunders was going to have too many overall boxing skill for Lemieux. Also, Saunders just seems to have the personality to rise to the occasion as his opponent's skill sets improve. Saunders demonstrated superior ring generalship, a quick jab, and cardio to spare, thanks to the addition of uh, uh, Ingles in getting him prepared. I do wish he had set down on his punches a little more in the 11th and 12th rounds, but he had dominated up until that point, so why get risk? Uh, why risk getting caught by a dangerous puncher? Saunders is a vulgar kind of a punk, but does have genuine boxing skills, some pop on his punches, and a temperament to love the challenge. He'll be a very good fight for any of the top names, be it Jacobs, Canelo, or Triple G. True. He says, uh, a side note, uh, check out a video of Saunders working with his kid. His kid's a brat, will probably lack discipline, but uh, shows some of the old man's skills, and he did. Um the kid, uh, when they showed the kid, I don't know if you saw that, but when I they showed when I they showed it, the kid's picture on the on the, the jumbo and all the fans are booing. The kid was looking around. That's kind of vicious to do to a kid. But hey, anytime you hit a you hit another fighter in the privates, man, you open yourself up. But um, but yeah, you know, I mean, Saunders uh, is a guy um, that uh, goes over the edge a little bit with uh, with his comments and stuff. But you know what? He backed it up on Saturday night, Sal. I mean, yeah, he's 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 a real uh, blue collar, rough, rough, uh, rough guy, and uh, you know he's he's not uh, not holding himself out there to be the sophisticated uh, debutante of, of of boxing. He's 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 a, he's a blue collar, 
you know, lunch pail and, and coffee kind of guy that uh, that the fight game attracts and the fight game uh, also has. And, and why not? Uh, it, it's it's you know if he was an attorney he'd be outside fighting cases but he he's right now he's using his ability his physical attributes and guess what he's one of the best out there I cannot deny that what he showed me like you said his stock went right up and uh, for the whole world to see and let me tell you I think he would have given any one of the top middleweights trouble the other night I I agree another email this is from Willie a simple man is what he defines himself. He says, hey, Billy C., what performance, what a performance that Billy Joe Saunders gave against David Lemieux. It was quite simply a master class in boxing. Lemieux looked pedestrian in there. It was like watching a tortoise trying to catch a hare. You know, before I continue, I do agree. It was a master performance. And the reason why I, I agree with that, Sal, is because it wasn't... I, the sweet science isn't a fighter who just runs. No. They, uh, Billy Joe Saunders was in a position to tap and, and inflict damage and to keep uh, David Lemieux out of his game for 12 rounds. That's not running. Running is what Floyd Mayweather does. Running is what fighters do when they're not in a position themselves to inflict damage on their opponent. And uh, Billy Joe Saunders did not do that. He, he moved around the ring. But he was he was around. He he could he he could take advantage of his own arm reach and his boxing ability and keep tattooing David Lemieux just enough to keep David Lemieux out of his own game. And David Lemieux had no answers, neither did his corner. Um he no, said, you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, you know. He I, says, uh, I had no idea that Billy Joe was gonna be that good. He looked superb. His fitness was unbelievable, and he didn't seem to tire at all. It was a masterful display of pure boxing skill. That's all true, right, Sal? I mean, I agree with you. Uh, all true, all true. And, you know, there was a time they did a replay where he hit Dave Lemieux with a four-punch combination. That was brilliant. An overhand, a right hook, came up with a left, another one, an uppercut. I mean, he just, I, I, he just did a display. And then the other time, where he just stepped to the side. He punched. He stepped to the side like a bull going through a cape. He's like Toro. Boom. He just he just sidestepped him. I mean, the guy outboxed Lemieux with, without a flaw. I mean, it was classic. It almost reminded me of the movie um, uh, Gentleman Jim with Errol Flynn moving around uh, uh, John L. Sullivan and almost embarrassing him, just hitting him and then moving. And, you know, I, that's what I saw in uh, in uh, that fight with Billy Joe Saunders. He, he he did a brilliant job. I cannot say enough. I got a little frustrated myself when Dave Lemieux even threw a punch roundhouse and missed him. And then you see him go in the stands like, wow, where, where was that one? I mean, the guy was not only entertaining, uh, but <laughs> agitating. Because if I was Dave Lemieux, I would have put the pedal to the metal and do what I had to do just to just to make it a rough tub brawl and, and everything else. I knew the I knew the fight was over when when Billy Joe Saunders was tagging Lemieux and Lemieux was saying, "Yeah, you got me. Yeah, that one hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah." He was already <laughs> yeah, yeah, giving yeah. up. I was waiting for him to start tapping gloves. That's the other sign, you know, when they start tapping gloves. Hey, good 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 one. Uh, thanks for beating the shit out of me. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, he goes on to say, hey, did you notice Max Kellerman do his garbage can act during the post-fight interview? He sarcastically cut Billy Joe short when he was in the middle of giving his shout-outs and thank-yous uh, to his team. For a minute there, I thought Billy Joe was going to get mad. 
because you could tell from the look in his eyes that he didn't like Max's attitude, but he kept himself in check and just carried on with the interview. Kellerman was lucky. Um, you know, Kellerman did kind of act a little like Jim Gray, and I hate Jim Gray. I don't hate Max Kellerman. Um, so, uh, but I do know what uh, w uh, Willie's talking about. He said, there were so many great fights this weekend. I must have watched a dozen fights in all. I've only had about six hours sleep in the last few days. So if you can hear some snoring in the chat room, that's probably <laughs> me. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. Um, thank God I got my sound turned down. Uh, Willie, Willie also goes on to say, um, I just finished reading uh, Dax's most recent article on the web. See, too bad Dax uh, went off in such a huff because we weren't going to be able to get him on today. And uh, he's going to be coming on tomorrow, I think. Uh, we'll see. But uh, here's an accolade for, for Dax that he's going to miss. Uh, but uh, he said, I just finished reading Dax's most recent article on the Billy C. website. Uh, he says uh, it was well-written and quite detailed account of the fights that took place at the Pioneer event in Lancaster in California. Uh, he says, I appreciate the time and effort that goes into writing such articles as this. I find reading and inwardly digesting the opinions of experts uh, such as uh, Dax and Coach uh, to help me get a clear vision of what's going on with all the divisions and not just the heavyweight and middleweights, uh, which was pretty much uh, all I was into prior to becoming a regular listener to your show. But not anymore. Now I'm into all of them. Hey, don't forget to read uh, everybody's uh, columns up on the website. But um, my man Johnny Blaze is uh, playing an, a much more active role in bringing the ca Canadian fights uh, to us, especially the lower level. Because there was a time when all I can all I said uh, for years and years was that the uh, UK boxing scene and the Canadian boxing scene carried boxing on its back. Now it's been uh, the UK by itself, but Canada's coming back, and uh, Johnny Blaze will be bringing us uh, those uh, fights, so uh, keep an eye on that. Um, he says, uh, uh, I'd like to say thanks to all of the guys who write the articles on the Billy C. website and let them know what a great job they do. I wanted to leave a comment about Dax's article, but I discovered that there's no option to do that. It's a shame as it would be. I think there is. I think there is. Reach out to uh, Jeremy. Uh, and find out uh, why there isn't. I I'm pretty sure there, there, there is a way to add comments. Um, said maybe that's something you should consider. Yeah, keep giving us more work, Willie. Uh, he says, I also thank you for uh, setting up and treating us all to the interview with Jonathan Igg, the author of the new book about Ali. I was busy in the kitchen pre-coating some coffee. Oh, percolating. <laughs> you spelled it Recoding. wrong. Recoding. You, you spelled it wrong. Okay. Uh, some coffee with the interview <laughs> segment when it was actually it's been a long airing. Time since the percolate. Yeah, you know, I percolate too after I have a nice big bowl of chili, but that's besides the point. And he says, and consequently, I haven't watched or even listened to it yet. I shall be doing that later. Uh, it's great that you had him up on the screen too. Your technical talents are mighty powerful, Billy C. Uh, don't forget to play your rendition, rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas. Before. All right, listen. As far as the... Christmas. I have three, Chris, which we used to call Christmas cards. They're from, I think, 2008, 2009, 2010. So if you like those Christmas cards and our renditions of, of these, uh, you know, famous ones, I'm going to play them at the end of the show. So instead of hearing uh, Sal doing Batman, we're going to play them for today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. So if you <laughs> like those cards... They're going to be at the end of the show. Stick around and listen yeah, to no, them. No, 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 um, no, no, yeah, no, no. Hey, no more Batman from you. Hey, no, don't hit me. They make me hit the button. Uh, so that's when they're going to be coming out. Um, so uh, anyway, 
Uh, another email. This one's from Johnston, uh, a contributor uh, on the site, uh, as a matter of fact. He said, hey, Billy C. and Sal, once again, the Gypsy Kid pulled it out uh, of the bag and put in a fine performance against Lemire. I was pleased that he didn't give the judges a chance to cause confusion by winning each round convincingly. That's a good way to put it, Sal. Uh, he did win each round. It, it, he made it so uh, even even uh, biased judges couldn't give it to him, uh, couldn't give it to uh, Lemire. Uh, he says, uh, some pundits this side of the pond mentioned his performance alongside Mayweather. I think that's disrespectful to Sander as he threw way more punches than Mayweather would have. I'm in agreement with you, Johnston, 100%. And the fact that he was in, in position to inflict damage on Lemieux, Mayweather would have been uh, in the corner uh, running. Uh, he says, I was surprised that uh, Brit Phil Edwards had it 118-110. He must have given Lemieux a couple of rounds out of sympathy. I couldn't see anything else from a complete shutout. I agree with you. He says, with uh, Triple G Canelo 2 looking like it's going to be May 5th, I feel Billy Joe Saunders needs to fight again to keep himself active. I'd love to see Saunders Jacobs with the winner fighting Triple G at Canelo and the losers up against each other. Uh, sounds familiar. Uh, I, thought, I think that's what you said the I thought, other day. I thought I, I, thought I mentioned that. But uh, anyway, uh, saying all the performances like this will only scare fighters away. Uh, I believe Triple G and Jacobs will fight Saunders in a heartbeat, but not so sure about Golden Boy negotiating for Canelo. I can hear the word marinate coming from Canelo cronies. <laughs> what do you think about Saunders Jacobs? I was told by my uh, buddies that Jacobs is too big for Saunders. No way. Love the fight. Saunders Jacobs, great fight. Those two winners guy. fight the winner of Triple G and Canelo's rematch, and then the two losers fight each other, and then the loser, the winner of the two losers fights the winner. Love it. Uh, Johnston goes on to say here, uh, uh, I put it, I, uh, he says I got a quote from uh, Klitschko um, uh, concerning Anthony Joshua. He says, I've physically passed the torch to the younger lion, Anthony Joshua. I wish from the bottom of my heart he continues to carry this torch for a long time and is very successful, just like I was. Joshua is capable of unifying the division uh, 100%. I'd say the more Joshua shines, the better I shine. If I lost, I want to make sure I lost to the better man. It was an incredible fight. We both had fun. The fans had fun. It was win-win for all of us. It doesn't feel like a loss. I won a lot of respect that I never had, even when I won my world titles. My ego wanted to win, but to experience what I did... I wouldn't change the end result. It opened doors and made my sporting life more colorful. On that brief message from Klitschko, um, this is uh, Johnston saying, I want to give my fight of the year to Joshua Klitschko. I agree. That's my fight of the year, too. Uh, some uh, encouraging words from uh, Vladimir Klitschko. I, I, I like what I just heard. What do you think? Well, not only encouraging words, but I'll tell you what. That's a class act 100%. I mean, as he so boldly put it passing the torch to a younger lion and you know uh losing to the best i mean it put in perspective uh it resonates why he felt he retired and uh, he was in a good place with his decision to retire and knew that uh he had given it his all and you know why should he expect differently in a second fight so i think he just recapped everything and he said it brilliantly he said it very humbly and and uh, i i i love the statement very well put um, we got another le another uh, email. This was from uh, uh, my man. Uh, uh, oh, my uh, my man Angel. He says, uh, "Hola, Senor C." As a boxing fan, I admire how the UK is stepping up and putting up great fights along with packed stadiums 
uh, coming up in 2018. Will the UK take over Vegas? I'm also seeing that there are boxing scouts from the UK and promoters coming to the US and giving opportunities for US boxers to move into the UK. Uh, these are boxers that are poor but with limited resources. Um, in the UK, the government provides funds for boxing gyms as a way for kids to get involved with sports to stay off the streets and as a way to represent their country. For me, it's sad to see that we may lose U.S. talent, but happy, too, for the kid that gets to go elsewhere. There's going to be a point where we may see our U.S.-born boxer with an Olympic gold medal representing the U.K. Boxing gyms here in the U.S. are rare. Their closing and memberships are not affordable with the working poor. Frank Warren has his eye on America's young boxing talent. It's a fantastic wow. point from Angel. Wow. And I agree with him 100%. We have a, we have a lot of problems with the uh, United States boxing scene. And one of them is the fact that greed. I mean, greed... greed Greed is, is prevalent in all phases of the sport of boxing. There's no question about it. But in the United States, it seems that money is first. Everything else is secondary. And the truth of the matter is, is that because of the money, they actually, and are, a young fan base actually puts value in the fighter that makes more money. So if a fighter is making good money and fighting a stiff, they actually give them accolades. What you're seeing from the true boxing fan is exactly what Angel is saying here. The UK is thriving with, with boxing. The UK promoters are coming here because they're willing to open up their checkbooks, whereas the uh, the, the promoters in the United States are not. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to deal with a promoter. Their motto is don't spend a penny, you know, and, and try to fleece as much as they can. You know, do I see a, a future for, for USA Boxing, the amateurs? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, they ha there's a new guy that just became unemployed. His name, Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas should run USA Boxing. It would be perfect for him. His way or the highway would work with the amateur levels. Didn't work so much in the, on the uh, uh, broadcast because he pissed a lot of people off. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is I believe that Teddy Atlas would be a great guy to run our USA boxing team. If anybody could turn it around, it could be Teddy Atlas. That's something if I was Teddy Atlas and he really loved the sport and wanted to keep his claws into it, that would be something uh, that he could uh, focus on. And as far as his ego is concerned, because no one has a bigger ego than Teddy Atlas, well, he could take credit for all the young uh, American fighters that could come out of his program should he start to run it. That's what I think he should do, Sal. What do you think? Well, I, I'll tell you what. I think it would be uh, brilliant. I think he could do a great job, a knockout job. But you know what? Don't, don't write Teddy Atlas off just yet. Uh, you know what? He may have had a humbling experience, and who knows? Maybe he'll show up on Showtime or uh, HBO or uh, uh, any other network that might want to try and invest in him a little bit. Nah, he's not going to show up. He's not going to show up on Showtime because they they got a you know they got that Moral Ronaldo bum. And HBO, if they can't even handle uh, honesty from Roy Jones Jr. or George Foreman or Lennox Lewis, they're certainly not going to put Teddy Atlas on. Hey, listen, yeah, I might give him a small dose shot. Who knows? Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a short break. When I come back, I got two more <laughs> emails to read, two longer emails uh, that uh, are both uh, 
Uh, well, I'm, they, they seem interesting, so we'll see, we'll see what they're about. <laughs> okay. Uh, they, I think they seem good. Uh, they, so they uh, good. Don't, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in uh, about uh, two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget about being with us. We're having our next Billy C. Boxing event it's our holiday party after the holidays. It's taking place January 19th. That's a Friday night at the Sea Palms Resort. And, of course, we'll be swinging by Sal's uh, restaurant as well. Uh, come and watch four. You got it right. One, two, three, four classic fights that you will be part of our live audience for our next four episodes of our new show, Billy C's Boxing Revisited. So make sure you come on down, take the family. Who who, who doesn't want to get out of the cold weather uh, in the middle of January? Come on down to beautiful St. Simons Island, and you'll see what uh, we're always talking about. You can golf, you can get in a pool, you can do whatever you want. But most importantly, you'll be hanging out with us. There's going to be food for you, uh, which is complimentary, and then, of course, a cash bar, and then uh, we will have uh, all kinds of fun. So uh, join us. We uh, will. Join us for that. If you uh, just go to cpoms.com, you can get their number, make reservations, or drop me an email, and we'll hook you up, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Um, got a couple of more emails here, Sal, and uh, this one's from uh, my man Jeffrey. He says, hey, Billy, see, just a couple of issues. He said, uh, I was listening to the discussion regarding Teddy Atlas and ESPN. I have to tell you, I've always enjoyed and respected Teddy over the years. Recently, though, I have to admit that he's appeared to be a little unhinged while he was on the air. I have a feeling that the addition of Steve of uh, Stephen A. Smith, who I can barely stomach, has intimidated Teddy uh, somewhat into overreacting to situations to keep up with Smith's loud rhetoric. Teddy was always the most animated guy of the team, but now a new loudmouth is in town. Frankly, Bill... I don't think Teddy and Smith like each other and in the least, and Teddy probably hates the fact that this non-boxing commentator questions what he says. After the Lomachenko-Rigendow fight, both Teddy and Smith were ridiculous and embarrassing to me. So think how ESPN felt listening to it. It's a great, Bingo! It is. It's a great choice. For, first of all, Stephen A. Smith uh, is a total a-hole. I mean, I... I I question what he knows about any sport, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, his whole shtick is, is uh, uh, whatever. I, let me read on. He says, uh, I love all of your guests, but couldn't disagree more with Dax in his assessment of the Lomachenko-Rigo fight. I, don't, don't feel bad. Uh, I totally disagreed with, with Dax as well. So did everyone else that I've heard from. So I'm glad somebody is sending an email uh, that they actually wanted me to read. Uh, he says, uh, Rigo uh, recently knocked out a young fighter with a punch after the bell uh, with absolutely no remorse. We all know he can dish out the pain, but receiving it 
seems to be another story altogether. Uh, Rigandau figured in his mind that it would be much easier for him to accept the embarrassment of quitting rather than face the humiliation of defeat or worse, getting knocked out. The bully met his match. He says, I don't feel Lomachenko was frustrated in any way. He and his team knew in advance what Rigandau would try to do to upset his game plan, and they prepared for it, even going it over, even going it over with it with the ref. The late hit was just Lomachenko letting Rigandau know that dirt will be met with dirt. Rigo was wrenching his arm illegally, so he received something in return. More than the hits Rigo was taken, I believe he was completely confused because he wasn't landing any punches. The moment and distance left him without any idea to retaliate. He was embarrassed at his performance and just wanted out of the situation. I love Lomachenko, but I do agree with Dax that we should enjoy his skill set but not go off the rail, that he cannot uh, be touched. Every fighter has an opponent out there somewhere that will test their skills, even Lomachenko, Garcia, and Crawford. What do you think about that one, sir? I think it would put it all in perspective, and he's a knowledgeable fight fan, and he knows what he's talking about. I agree with him. I see. Well, that's good. <laughs> no, they were good words, and I, I think it was a great email. And, uh, yes, I believe there is always a style. There's always a, another fighter that can uh, make another fighter look uh, look less spectacular than what uh, we've seen or come to know. Uh, it's just a matter of when those two get in the ring and have that dance. And right now, I'll tell you what, there's nobody that I can see in the current weight division that Lomachenko rules that could give him any trouble. And uh, But I'm sure if there's not one out there today, who knows what's going to come out there in the future. Just remember, you can dance if you want to. <laughs> leave your you remember behind. that song. Anyway, you yeah. can dance. That was, great. Um, that was a good impression, by the way. Too. And this is the, this is the uh, last again? email. Last email of the day. This is from my man, Mitch. And this hey. is uh, the title for this is Lomachenko's Case for being number one and Triple G getting pimped out. Hmm. He says, Vasily Lomachenko has a claim for the number one pound-for-pound spot. The strongest evidence is he's beaten the same amount of current and former world champions in 11 fights than Andre Ward did in his entire career. If you think that he beat Salido, as many of us thought he did, then he beat more world champions than Ward. Either way... That statistic, that statistic really puts his talents and accomplishments in perspective. I'm not a big Andre Ward fan, never was, but you have to consider Andre Ward, I'm just saying this, you have to consider Andre Ward as a guy with two careers. One was with the Super 6 tournament where he fought everybody, did not back down, and, and won that tournament. I believe he uh, you know, gets many accolades for that. Then there was the diva, Andre Ward, that came after that, that we all know and loathe today. Um, so you, you really have to look. But at the end of the day, he beat Kovalev, a guy that uh, many of us, including myself, thought was not going to get beat. And not only did he beat him, he called for the knockout and got the knockout and caused the big bad Kovalev to quit, ruining Kovalev's career, in my opinion. So Andre Ward, he's retired. Uh I don't like just giving a guy a pound for no, pound ranking number one, but uh, uh, that's just my thoughts on him. He says there's a few reasons Triple G and Alvarez didn't go over two million pay per view uh, buys. 
I'll name two, he says. First, uh, hurricanes Harvey and Irma caused Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, Puerto Rico, the Carolinas, and several other places to lose power. No power, no pay-per-view buys. It's a good point. He says the second reason is they slipped the McGregor fight in after Triple G and Alvarez was announced and put it on a few weeks before. After uh, forking over 100 bucks a pop, most fans weren't going to turn around and pay for Triple G Alvarez a few weeks later. Um, that I disagree with, Sal. And the reason why I disagree with Mitch on that is because a boxing fan will spend the money no matter what, unless they don't have it physically. But the, it's been my biggest gripe about the sport of boxing. The promoters and, and uh, the uh, powers that be fleece the fan. They make us pay extra for the big fights. And everybody wanted to see Alvarez Triple G. So I, I don't know if the uh, Mayweather... Uh, McGregor fight um, had anything to do with 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 the numbers. What do you think? Well, I was just going to concur with you. I I don't really believe to the true fight fan that the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight had preceding uh, the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight had much to do with it. But I will concur, and I do agree one hundred percent. I mean that hurricane wiped a lot of people out. Uh, I'm telling you across the board, up from from Texas to Florida to the Carolinas, to Georgia. And you know what? I had no power for almost uh, six days. In fact, the power and the cable came back on my house Friday, the night before that fight with Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. So I just made it by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin to get that fight available in my uh, house as far as HBO, I mean, wherever we we had the pay-per-view pumped in. And uh, other than that, there were many other areas that weren't even up to speed as quickly as I was. So, yes, I, I do see that being a factor. Um, he goes on to say, uh, Triple G is pimped, being pimped out. Hear me out here. When the Triple G versus Canelo fight was negotiated, they basically told Triple G if he tried to unify with Saunders for all the belts, he'd lose the opportunity to fight Canelo. So what? I mean, I'm, I'm just going to pause here. So what? You know, can, you know what? The powers that be, and including the fighters, are the ones that give the the power to the guys like Golden Boy and and Canelo. Canelo is not the biggest name in boxing anymore. Not even close. You got other fighters that fans would want to see more than Canelo. I say Anthony Joshua is definitely more in demand than. Uh, uh, than Canelo and Triple G is up there and got, got news for you. There's a new kid in town, Billy Joe Saunders. Everybody yeah. loves uh, watching a, a, a guy dismantle a bully, uh, so to speak, in David Lemieux. So I, I, I don't know. Anyway, he says uh, uh, team Triple G backed down and played the game like punks. I'll give him a pass, though. They wanted the big money fight and they got it. The problem is they left it in the judges hands to steal the win for them. Triple G didn't didn't do what he usually does, which was go to the body. So in order to try and get back to being Triple G and working on throwing to the body, they wanted to fight before uh, May since Triple G likes to be active. When you get to be 36, 37 years old, guys need to be active. Triple G wanted that, but then again was told if he fought before May, Canelo would walk. So now he waits eight months for the rematch, almost a year older and also inactive. Pimped again, but it could get worse. First of all, by not announcing the rematch, they've allowed Hay and Bello to swoop in and take that date. You know the UK fans. They'll pack the house and watch Hay and Bello too. 
at the expense of Triple G and Canelo. You'll lose some pay-per-view buys, but they're uh, for sure. But uh, then again, uh, pimped again. Uh, you know what? If the Brits think that a fight between David Fraud Hay and Tony Bello is more important than Canelo Triple G too, then they don't deserve to watch it. So David Hay is a fraud. He's a piece of garbage. Can't stand it. And that's their own stupidity for taking that date. He says, also, did you notice nothing was announced prior to Sanders Lemieux? My theory is, even though Lemieux is a Golden Boy fighter, Oscar was secretly hoping Saunders won. Now Oscar can cut a side deal for Saunders to fight Canelo. Canelo can pick up another belt, make more money, uh, as some of the U.K. contingent travels to the U.S. to support their guy. Could we see Canelo Saunders in May instead of Triple G? If so, Canelo, uh, Triple G gets pimped again. Triple G always wanted to make history as undisputed champ. He should have walked away from the draw with Canelo and unified with Sanders. Triple G wouldn't have minded going to the UK where they would have sold 75,000 tickets and as a result made more money uh, than the lowball figure, low figure Golden Boy is going to offer. The pimp game is no joke, Billy C. Hopefully it doesn't play out like that. Not to mention uh, Deja Vu. Mayweather's in the gym again, and his name is floating around. If he fights again, how much you want to bet he'll do it a few weeks uh, to two months before Triple G Canelo rematch? Um, wow. Thanks for the email, Mitch. I, again, I don't think that that's going to make much of a difference. But, you know, if I'm Triple G and, you know, the, the talks, for if, if the paperwork hasn't been signed, sealed, and delivered for the uh, Canelo rematch... You know what I do today, Sal? This I morning, for an opponent. I reach out to Billy Joe Saunders today and say, hey, what would it take to fight Triple G in England uh, in May? And I'd say, screw you to Canelo. Canelo, hey, listen, Canelo is trying to follow the path of Floyd Mayweather. Floyd yep. Mayweather was successful. I don't know if Canelo will be. They're two different fighters. You can't con compare the two. Uh, people bought Mayweather's fights because they hate him. Most people buy Canelo's fights because they love him. You know, I think that it's being uh, what Canelo's doing is going to hurt him in the long run. If I'm Triple G, I move on to Billy Joe Saunders. Forget Canelo. What's your thoughts? I think that's a hell of a fight, and uh, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it, it, Mitch made a lot of good points. Number one, when you are an older fighter, you don't want to be stale for too long. You, you want to get back in the ring. And I think he should get back in the ring clearly before six months, which would put him in February. And then he could fight into uh, into the uh, May and, and, and do well. And I'll tell you what. The Billy Joe Saunders I looked at and I saw the other night, uh, I, I could see why maybe – Triple G's camp might not want to take that fight, but I'll tell you what, it would be a hell of a fight. Uh, and definitely calculating a lot of uh, and, ends, if a but, uh, ends, ifs, or buts as a result for that, because I, I see that being a, a good fight. And uh, you know what? Canelo wants to play this prima donna game and everything else. No, you know, you have a you have a great opportunity now to to compound a rematch right away. You should have already been signed, sealed, and delivered that with an earlier date than May. And uh, no, I think Triple G's got to do what he wants to do, and he's in the driver's seat with that Canelo Alvarez thing. Because guess what? I, amongst millions of other fans, know in my heart of hearts that Triple G did win that fight, and he just didn't get the decision.
but he won that fight. He clearly outboxed and beat Canelo Alvarez, in my opinion. I agree. And if I'm Triple G, I go I go fight Billy Joe Saunders in England. <laughs> yeah. I bet you he makes yeah. more money. You know, oh, he'll uh, make more money. He'll make a freaking ton of money. And Billy, one. B- Billy Joe and, Saunders, uh, Billy Joe Saunders was saying, "Hey, I'll fight Canelo now." So obviously, they've already put that fight in his ear. Uh, yeah. But uh, but I, I think that uh, he would much rather fight in England, um, and I, I'm sure Triple G would go there. The Billy Joe Saunders I saw the other night, I think, would beat Canelo Alvarez. I think the Billy Joe Saunders I saw the other night would give Triple G all he could handle. Well, I, I, I was hinting to that earlier. I think he'll give more than whatever Triple G would expect. I, I really, I, I'm telling you this. The guy was not only a huge middleweight, but, I mean, he boxed. He's a southpaw, which is a jinx anyway on that level. And, and he was smart in the ring. He fought his fight. And you know what? All I could say trying to imagine was Triple G trying to cut the ring off on him, land those body shots. Could it slow him down? Yes. Would it be a good fight? It would be a great fight. Um, would Triple G guarantee have a walkover? No way in hell because Triple G would have a tough night with that night with that guy. Anyone is going to have a tough night beating that guy. The, the Billy Joe Saunders, like I said, we said if he even looks good in losing to David Lemieux, he's going to have his stock value rise. Guess what? It has risen. It went through the roof because he showed the fans across the world of boxing that all sights, all eyes were on that this guy's the real deal. He fought a fight, and he has nothing to, to explain other than he did a great job. He outboxed this guy. He tagged him. He did whatever he wanted with him. He made this guy play his, his game, and that was it. Dave Lemieux had no answers to anything that Billy Joe Saunders led him down any path. And, and you know the other part of that is, Sal, is that, you know, everybody always says, uh, well, not everybody. The only people that say that Triple G is so big are Floyd Mayweather fans. Yeah. Because I got news yes. for you. Triple G's not big. He's he, not that he's big. He's small. I mean, Jacobs was twice his size. And, and I think Billy Joe Sanders is, is way bigger than him. So And, and Canelo was bigger than him. The largest freaking middleweight I think I've ever seen. Well, I mean, proportionally. J- he looked big. He looked bigger than Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler looked huge. The biggest the biggest middleweight I remember seeing was Iran the Blade Barkley. He he looked yeah, like... He was he, big too. He yes, was big. Right. But, but the, the, you're right about Billy Joe Saunders. Proportionately, from his feet all the way up to his head, he's big. Uh, uh, Daniel Jacobs is a big fighter, but his, his legs aren't as, as thick. But uh, no. anyway. Hey, listen, boys and girls. Uh, programming note. We're closing out the year. We're doing a show, obviously, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Then we will be back on Tuesday, January 2nd, uh, for the holidays. We're going to be uh, off. Um, we are doing another Billy C. event. It is going to be taking place this, uh, January 19th in St. Simons at the Sea Palms Resort. Uh, we definitely want you to be there. You won't regret it. You'll have a great time. Come on down for a few days. I'll be there, uh, I, I believe, from Wednesday on. Uh, so make a make a weekend of it and come on out, uh, hang out at Sal's with myself and Sal. You never know who's going to pop up. Sal hasn't uh, uh, mentioned to me yet uh, who we might have, if anybody coming down to join us. Uh, but you never know. I'm sure you'll have a great time. Uh, but make your plans now. You can go to cpoms.com uh, or drop me an email, billy at talking boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Now, as promised, because I've been getting har- harassed by all of yous, I will play our versions 
of three uh, Christmas uh, carols or songs or whatever you want to call them um, that are been changed for us. We used to give them out as a, we used to send them to all of our listeners as the Billy C Christmas card. Now keep in mind that they're from 2008, 2009, and 2010. I I think I'm gonna play the 2010. I'm I'm gonna play them reverse. So I'm gonna play the 2010 one now uh, at the end of this show. I'm gonna play the 2009, which was the 12 days of Christmas tomorrow. And then Wednesday, I'm going to play my personal favorite, the Billy C's version of Twas the Night. Now, one thing you're going to notice right away is that a lot of the people involved with the show are not involved with the show anymore, uh, or uh, at least not on a full-time basis, so you can see how the show has evolved. Um, So before I play those, I want to tell you what happened on this day, December 18th, in boxing history. On this day in 2004, Glenn Johnson wins a 12-round decision over Antonio Tarver to win the World Light Heavyweight title. It took place in Los Angeles, California. On this day in 1993, Simon Brown knocks out Terry Norris in the fourth round to win the WBC uh, World Junior Middleweight title. It took place in Mexico. On this day in 1901, Joe Walcott uh, knocks out Ruby Ferns in the fifth round uh, to win the World Welterweight title took place in Toronto, Canada. On this day in 1942, Bo Jack knocks out Tippy Larkin in the third round to win the vacant New York's World Lightweight title took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. On this day in 1998, Will Grigsby wins a 12-round decision over Rat- Ratanapol Sorvorapin uh, to win the vacant IBF World Junior Flyweight title, and that took place in Florida. On this day in 2004, Isaac Bustos knocks out Eagle Kawaya in the fourth round to win the World Strawweight title, uh, and that took place in Tokyo. That's the WBC World Strawweight title. And on this day, December 18th in 1916, Jimmy Wild knocks out the young Zulu kid in the 11th round to retain his world flyweight title. And that took place on this day in 1916 in London. Hey man, that concludes our show for today. Uh, I hope that, uh, and I tell you that you remember uh, about our uh, uh, Christmas schedule. We're here today, tomorrow and Wednesday, and we're back on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. But uh, we want you to make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with the Christmas card we'd sent in 2010. Enjoy. Billy C. here. On behalf of everyone involved with the Talking Boxing with Billy C. radio show, Scotty Krause, Dave Wilcox, Marty Mulcahy, Emily Harney, Joe Santaliquido, Johnny Robbins, Alex Papali, Lee Groves, Amy Green, Kieran O'Neill, and Michael Parmley, and myself, Bill Calagero, all want to wish you, all of our boxing fans and listeners, uh, whether you're listening uh, live or on a podcast or on a radio dial, we all want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, like we do every year, we put together uh, what we call uh, the Talking Boxing with Billy C. Christmas card. And uh, here you go. This is, uh, uh, this is this year's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Christmas card. Rocky, the flat-nosed heavyweight, had a really busted-up nose. And if you ever saw it, you would say it really looked 
gross. All of the other fighters used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rocky join in any fighting games. Then one poorly sold fight night eve, the fat promoter came and said, Rocky, with your granite chin, can you help us bring the fans in? Oh, how the boxing fans loved him. They all shouted with glee. Rocky, the flat-nosed heavyweight, went on to make history. Yo, Adrian. Adrian, where's that eggnog, man? Get me the eggnog. I just finished this little card, man. Get me that eggnog, Adrian. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Merry Christmas.